the scripture for this evening I've taken from Job, Job chapter 2, uh, reading from verses 9 and 10. I think, uh, can we have it? You all know the story of Job, you know, he went through uh, much suffering. And today I just want to bring uh, something from here, from this, uh, not only from this passage, but the whole uh, book of Job uh, from different uh, portions. I want to bring a message. Uh, Job chapter 2, nine, verses 9 and 10. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Not many men can talk to the wife like that. Huh? You talk like a foolish woman. <laughs> but Job is a very spiritual man. <laughs> Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Job did not say anything wrong, you know, at least in the eyes of God, you know. Maybe in the eyes of his wife, I think he would have said a lot of things that are not so pleasing, you see. And the title of my sermon this evening is Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Is Job a good person? Yes, uh, you ought to have read the, uh, your Bible. Uh, people have always asked why God permits people to suffer. Today, if I were to ask you, do you know of any person uh, that you know of who is really going through a very difficult time? I'm sure if you reflect on this statement or this question, you can think of quite a number of individuals who are going through difficult, difficult uh, circumstances in their life, difficult moments in their life. Uh, my wife and I had a good friend uh, for many years. And a couple of years ago, uh, this was a friend from uh, Kajang, you know, and a few years ago, she contacted nose cancer, cancer of the nose. And she was a leader in the children's church, in our church, in Kajang Assembly of God. And uh, two years ago, she passed away, you know, passed away. And she was only in her early 50s. And we were very surprised because the church was praying, people were praying, people were fasting and praying, and, uh, and then we lost our dear friend, and uh, her family lost, the, the husband lost his wife, the children, the three teenage children, they lost their mother. Uh, and I believe that so many of you here seated here would also have friends or somebody whom you know have lost a loved one, or even uh, somebody whom you know have died. Uh, Reverend David Wilkerson, senior, uh, former senior pastor of Times Square Church in New York, uh, met with an accident about nine years ago and he died. But before, uh, while he was a senior pastor, uh, he was 
he was faced with a, a great challenge in his life where his wife had to go for 10, about 10 surgeries for cancer. And while he was a senior pastor, he couldn't understand. He used to ask God, God, why have I to go through? And then not only that, uh, even his own daughter had to go through a time of uh, chemotherapy for cancer too. Uh, and a few years ago, the, the wife died. But why do God's people suffer? Why do God's people suffer? And uh, this morning, my wife and I uh, went to uh, Puchong to visit someone. And we were, uh, we were uh, uh, supposed to do uh, a journey guide, you know, because the uh, person was uh, going to be baptized soon. And when we went, uh, we, we heard that the, the father had lost both his legs. The legs were amputated because of diabetic, you know. He was a diabetic. But uh, when we went to the house and we were ministering to the, uh, to the son and his girlfriend, and then we went to the room. After we had finished uh, uh, an hour of uh, doing the journey guide, we went to the room to see the father. But lo and behold, we were so surprised because I was expecting the uh, father to be on a wheelchair, uh, I mean, without his legs, but he was lying on the bed. And he has been paralyzed from one side and, uh, and he can't speak. Well, also, it has affected his speech. And, and, and uh, this man has been suffering for nine years. And the wife has been taking care of him, you know, all these years. And he was a former uh, uh, staff in the armed forces, you know. And one day, it seems, about uh, nine years ago, he went to the jungle with his friends. And while in the jungle, he contacted uh, uh, some viruses, and this, because he was already suffering from diabetes, it affected his blood and it affected his nervous system. And this is how he had, they had to amputate his leg and he was in a coma for uh, many months. And today I was very surprised. So why do God's people, why do bad things happen to good people? If you have read the book of Job, you may wonder whether you could grow, go through all that Job went through, you know, uh, uh, the, the things that Job had to suffer. Uh, we, uh, we read in chapter 1 where there was a heavenly debate between God and Satan about the uh, righteousness of Job. And God had to affirm uh, Job to, the, uh, to Satan that Job is an upright and a righteous man who avoids evil. And there was a heavenly debate there, you see. And God permitted uh, Satan to uh, do all the things so that be because uh, God, uh, Satan had accused God that uh, God had put a hedge of protection around Job. So that is the reason why Job is able to bless God, to praise God. So uh, the hedge of protection was removed. And then what happens? Job lost his wealth. He lost all his property, his possessions. Not only that, he lost his children. His children died. And then what happened? Not only that, he had sores all over his body. And this was the time that, uh, you know, you had already lost your wealth, all your properties, your possessions, 
and then you have lost your children, and then now uh, you had to go through personal suffering, sores and boils all over your body. And there you can see, you know, the slide that shows uh, uh, sores all over his body. Uh, Job is then visited by his three friends, uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Uh, they are so overwhelmed by all that Job is going through. And sometimes you and I, when we go through suffering, we have friends coming over uh, to uh, encourage us, to motivate, to motivate us, to inspire us. And we are happy, you know. And these uh, three friends came along and they, you know, they, uh, they were with Job and they did not say a word for seven days. They sat beside him and they went through. You know, we want, we want this kind of friends, you know, who will know how to comfort, you know, uh, comfort us when we are going through difficult times, you know, we want that. But they, it only lasted seven days, you see. And after that, they had a lot of accusations against Job. You know, uh, they began to say a lot of nasty things about Job. So, but let us be uh, the friends of Job for the seven days, you know. Uh, we want to have that kind of friends. And we want to be friends to people around us who are going through suffering. We want to be an, encourage, an encouragement to them. Today, you may wonder why, if you're going through some kind of affliction, some kind of challenges in your life, personal issues that you are facing, not that you have created it, but somehow things have happened and it has fallen on you. And there are a lot of questions that you are asking yourself. Why God? Why? 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 The book of Job does not answer the why question, but it answers the who question. Who allowed it? And then now we will see what lessons can we learn from Job's suffering. First of all, through all this that Job went through, he realized one thing, that God is sovereign. Through all your problems that you go through, some, there are some things in your life that you cannot change. You cannot overturn. You cannot do anything. All that you can do is pray, pray, pray. At the end of the day, you realize that God is sovereign. You have to realize that, that God is sovereign. God cannot explain some things about human sufferings at the time of suffering. But there is a purpose in our suffering. And for Job, there was a purpose in all that he had to go through. Did Job know what he was going through? Why he was going through? No, he did not know. But if, because today we have the Bible, when we read Job chapter 42, we know what was the purpose. Because God had a plan to bless Job even more. You see? But there are times in our life, we don't realize and we begin to uh, get angry with God, we get upset with God, and we begin to complain and murmur and say all kinds of things against God. And then when the answer to our prayer comes after weeks, after months, after years, then we begin to see 
the goodness of God, the blessing of God. He had a purpose in all that he, he does in our life. God is so sovereign. Suffering in this world is small compared to the life that we will enjoy in heaven. A preacher shared how he lost his 23-year-old wife when he found her dead on bed one morning. Many church members asked him, how did he manage to overcome the loss? Some came to the preacher and told that if they were in his shoes, they would not have been able to take it. The preacher thought to himself and wondered, is my wife's dying greater than Jesus dying on the cross for us? Surely not. So he wondered how people are so happy when they are blessed by God, but get angry with God when God allows some kind of suffering in their life. Not many of us will think in this way. Eh? When we lose something or when we go through some challenges in our life, we don't think eh, the suffering that Jesus went through and the Garden of Gethsemane can be compared to what I'm going through. We only think about ourselves. We only think about our suffering. If we, look, if we, if we think that our, our problem is the biggest problem in the world, even the person next to us, even Pastor Gwen's problem is nothing. You know, my problem is greater than all the problems combined. So, but we don't look at what Jesus had gone through. Calvary. Jesus went through so much for us at Calvary. Job was not meant to know the explanation of his suffering in the midst of confusion and suffering. In Job chapter 19, verses 25 to 27, have it? Job says this, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. See, this statement by Job, I know that my Redeemer lives. I myself will see him. Job is able to see, you know, can you, when you go through a problem, can you say, I know that my Redeemer lives, I myself will see him with my own eyes one day. Job is, in fact, the book of Job is one of the oldest book in the Bible, if not the oldest book in the Bible. And Job is able to see far ahead. I know that my Redeemer, one day I will stand before my Redeemer. Job is able to say that. But at the same time, Job did not know what God was doing in his life. But he still maintained his commitment and his hope in God. He says this in Job chapter 23 verse 10, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Wow. He knows the way that I take. God knows what I'm going through. The way that God wants to deal with me, the dealings of God in my life, God knows. When He has tried me, when He has tested me, I will come forth as gold, purified. You see, He begins to see what God is doing. 
and seeing God's hand behind the attack on his servant and the loss of wealth and the death of his children, Job could still say, the Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow, powerful. Begin to absorb this. The Lord gave and the Lord has. He's saying, God, you can do anything with my life because you are sovereign. You are in control. You are all powerful. You know everything. You own everything. So God, who am I? Deal with me according to your ways. This is what Job is saying. God may conceal. God may conceal the purpose of his ways, but his ways are always with purpose. God may conceal the purpose of his ways, but his ways are always with purpose. See, God doesn't do, he just will say, hey, today, uh, I want to do something in uh, Anita's life. So, he just comes and does something and brings suffering upon you. No, he's a God with purpose. He knows what he wants to do, what he wants to achieve, and he does it. He allows it. He permits it. We never know the trials that await us in the days ahead. There are times when the real issue in the suffering of the saints is not known because there are matters going on in heaven between God and Satan that you and I are not aware of. This is what we call spiritual things that happen in the spiritual realm. There are things happening. You see, the, in chapter 1, we see the debate between God and Satan. None of us know. Today, we know. Because we are reading the book of Job. So likewise, when God wants to do something in, his, in your life to bring some kind of trial or testing, God will do it. No one can stop him. God will do it. When Satan wants to do something in our life, he has to get permission from God. Because God is sovereign. God is omnipotent. He is the one and only one who is almighty. Satan needs God's permission to attack Job. And Satan cannot touch a person who belongs to God unless God gives him permission. Remember that God knows you. He knows your make. He knows how much you can take. And he will not allow more than what you can handle. And that is where the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, they had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted more, more than what you can endure. See? No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. God is always faithful. He will not give you more than what you can take. You know, sometimes we, we, uh, we whine and we complain, God, why do you allow this? You know, but God, you know the, when we begin to look at the scriptures, the scripture tells us that God is faithful. He will not give you more than what you can take. He will not give us the same problem that uh, if Pastor Gwen and myself, because he knows Pastor Gwen can take much more than what I can take. <laughs> She has the energy. Uh, 
The second point is, oh, I've reached 20 minutes, huh? <laughs> okay, okay, I have to rush through. Uh, second point is, God is caring. Oh, God cares. He cares for us. Uh, Job, in his grief, caused God to speak. God is a relational God. And Job's story is about an individual's relationship with God. And today, God wants to have a relationship with each one of us, a day by day, a moment by moment. And Satan thought he could destroy Job's faith in God by inflicting suffering on the body of Job. Even Job's wife told him to curse God, but he refused. His faith in God never failed. You know, the person closest to you asking him to curse God. But he's so strong in his faith. He was shocked and surprised by the trouble that came upon him, but he did not curse God. When deep suffering threatens the foundation of faith, an attack of our faith can destroy us unless we are firmly rooted in the promises of God. Because you and I, as Christians, we don't live by explanation. You know, God, you have allowed this. What is the reason why am I going through? Sometimes we don't understand. So we don't live by explan explanations, but we live by the promises of God. We live by the promises of God. And even though God seems far away in the midst of problems, Perseverance in faith is a virtue since God is good and you, can, you and I can safely leave our life in the hands of an almighty God. Uh, and this uh, wraps it up very well. James 5 verse 11, all that uh, the Job is going through and what God is doing in Job's life says it. In James 5 verse 11, it says, We count those blessed who endured. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. The endurance of Job, we have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealing, that the Lord is full of compassion and merciful. That means Lord, the, the Lord cares for each one of us, whatever we go through. Only by Job's suffering could he intimately experience and understand the Lord as compassionate and merciful. You know, many of us, when we go through trials, uh, problems, uh, during the trial, all of us, you know, tend to complain and, you know, murmur. You know, once in a while we give thanks to God, is it? <laughs> we understand, but sometimes there's a lot of frustration. But at the end of it, when we begin to see the goodness of God, see the outcome, and we begin to stand and praise Him, you know, sing hallelujah, you know, to Him. Uh, that's wonderful. Uh, you know, when, when we see people going through uh, times of difficulties, uh, there was one uncle in Sitiawan, you know, we went to visit him in the ICU. He was at his last stage, you know, he was 84. Uh, for a couple of years, he had suffered uh, kidney failure. His uh, kidneys were only functioning 25%. So in 
So he had been suffering for a couple of years, and uh, we bap I baptized him and was also gave him some discipleship uh, courses. And here he was dying in sometime in November last year, and went to visit him in ICU. And he he was really uh, suffering; he was about to die. Uh, he then I asked him a question, Uncle, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? And then I was holding his hand. He squeezed my hand. He said, you know, you know when in times of pain and suffering, when you hear somebody, you know, uh, saying or affirming, uh, I love Jesus, you know, uh, that thrills your heart. You get excited, you know. Uh, despite all the pain and suffering that he's going through, about to die any moment, but he can still say that. Psalms Psalm 34 verse 17 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it's the Lord who delivers him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So, mm, uh, no, uh, no point in praying, Lord, don't send affliction. Don't let uh, uh, all who live godly in Christ Jesus, Bible says, shall suffer persecution. You know, so we uh, different kinds of persecution, different kinds of suffering. All, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it is the Lord who delivers him out of them all. Number three, finish off with this. God wants us to stop trusting in our own selves. The reason why uh, some, a lesson that we can learn from the book of Job is that God wants us to stop trusting in our own self. And if, if you look at the life of Job, he was in a way also trusting himself. Okay, I'll give you all some, uh, some pointers here. We all know that Job was a good man, but he was also a self-righteous man. Oh, eyebrows going up, you know? Yeah. Because in, the, in chapter 1, uh, when the debate between God and Satan, God said that uh, Job was an uh, upright man who avoids evil. But here in Job chapter 29, if you go back and read Job chapter 29, verses 1 to 25, the whole chapter, you will find the personal pronoun, I, me, myself. Mentioned 52 times in this particular chapter. 52 times. I, me, myself. What does that denote? Huh? If you say, I, me, myself, you're always referring to yourself, you know? Okay, here is Job uh, saying this. 52 times, at least in the King James Version. Huh? I don't know about the other version. Um, and then in, uh, in, uh, in chapter 32 of Job, was 1, uh, it says here, so these three men stopped answering Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. The three friends had begun to see, you know, that Job was a very self-righteous guy. And, and Job changed his whole, uh, his whole uh, attitude towards God in chapter uh, 39, 38 to 41. He Then he confessed in Job chapter 42, verse 5 and 6. He had an encounter with God in chapter 42, verses 5 and 6. He says, 
my eye, my ears have heard of you. But now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. He's beginning to see the sinfulness of sin in his own life. He has begin to, begun to see how evil he is. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Simply hearing about God is not enough. We need to have a relationship. We need to have an encounter with God. And only when you have an encounter with God, you, if you read the, the whole chapter 42, Job had to confess and forgive his friends. He had to forgive his friends. In verse 10 of Job 42, it says, Job had prayed for his three friends who had wrongly, wrongfully accused him. He had to pray for them now. God is telling you, you forgive them and you pray for them before I bless you. Uh, Job is, uh, you know, is actually angry with his friends. He's actually very angry with his friends. Because in Job chapter 16, verse 2, he says, You are miserable comforters, all of you. You know, when you, when you have your friends like that uh, around you, and you say, uh, you're, you guys, are, uh, you think you are comforting me, but you are miserable comforters. And then in chapter 19, verse 19, he says, All my intimate friends detest me. All my close friends hate me. Those I love have turned against me. When Job begins to confess and begins to pray and intercede for his friends in Job chapter 42, and then we see the Lord restored Job's fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had when Job was willing to forgive his friends by praying for them. This made reconciliation possible. Today, you know, you may have been struggling to forgive people who had offended you, has hurt you, and you are asking God for an answer, for a release. God, I want an answer to my prayer. But is there something that is blocking and hindering God from answering your prayer? Is there something that is holding back God from doing a miracle that you are asking for because of something that you have against someone. You may have, they may have offended you and you are so bitter against that person and you cannot forgive. And you are praying and praying and praying for answers for some other things in your life, but there is no answer. Today, perhaps God it's asking you to forgive before you get a breakthrough in your life in this area. You know, in this last chapter, we see that Job is being blessed double, twice. His prosperity was given back to him double, twice as much as sheep and oxen, asses and camels. He rejoiced again in his sons and daughters. Just the same number. He got back the same number of children. You see? For those of you today, you may be wondering, why are you not being blessed? Is there something that you need to put right in your life? 
Are you trusting in your own wisdom to do things? Begin to intercede for people and you will see God working in your life even more. Pray for those who misunderstand you. God restored all that Satan had taken when Job prayed for those who had offended him, who had hurt him, who had said all the wrong things against Job. Today, forgiveness is the key to restoration. Although my emphasis is not on forgiveness, but towards the end we see that Job had trusted in his own righteousness. But today, sometimes, you may not be thinking, oh, something small, the person offended me, I'm only angry. But now what I'm doing is I just avoid that person. But in your heart, you still have, you're holding back, you know, uh, having a proper relationship with that individual because of that unforgiveness. You need to forgive people today. You need to ask God, God, help me. Help me. I can't do it in my own strength, in my own uh, wisdom or my own effort, in my own energy. Good people suffer. Bad things happen all the time to good people. So you cannot judge a person's spirituality by what is going through. If a person is suffering tremendously, it could be God is about to bless that individual, you know, instead of judging that person. You and I shouldn't be like the three friends of Job, who were the first seven days were silent, comforting him, and but later they begin to accuse him of many things. Today, we want to be a blessing to people around us. You know, and whatever things that we may go through in our lives, re remember that God is sovereign. God cares and God doesn't want us to depend in our own strength, in our own wisdom. Let's all stand.